Adversity, bring it. The struggle, we welcome it. Snooze on life, never that. We are Dave Regina and Mike Perella, and this is the No Snooze Podcast. Come on. Welcome back, No Snooze Podcast, episode 132. I'm in the booth with the big three. Michael, the show Pirelli, Claudio, the voice, Valenzuela, and I am Dave, the body, Regina. The body Adi. The body Adi. What song is that? <laughs> body Adi, Adi, Adi. Yeah, I don't know. That's, I'm not sure. I like that's going to be the remake. Yeah. The body Adi. <laughs> oh, Meg the Stallion? Meg, Megan, Megan Stallion. Mike the Stallion? Mike the Stallion. There um, you go. <laughs> speaking of, I'm full dad mode today. You are. Dad hat. The no snooze hoodie, no snooze shop.com. And I got my running shoes, which have not seen a lot of action. Are those ASICs? Are those ASICs? I went to Greenwich Threads and Treads. I went to Greenwich Threads and Treads. Gotcha. And I'm like, listen, for people who run marathons, what do you. <laughs> I swear to God. I swear to God. And the guy like looked at me. Give me the He's shoe. like, do you run a lot? I'm like, not really, but I want the best. <laughs> I want the best. And uh, I was going to the. Have you ever seen the Hokas? No. Is yeah. that a movie? How oh, comfortable. Okay. How comfortable. They're, but they look like moon boots. You probably got a nice one. The ones they had in store were not nice. You no. remember back in the day, you go to like a basketball shoe shop, and what they had was not at all what you wanted. Like they had your, your like the style, the ones, but they were in weird colors. Yes, and you're yes. like, oh, what am I going to do with these? Right. That's how it felt when I went in there. And these colors are not my colorway at all. But I'm like, I came in. I'm committed to buying running shoes, so I'm going. I thought those were Asics. So these are, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. So I, I have he, a pair. He steered by the me way. away from Hoka's. Gotcha. She said those real runners don't take those. Walkers <laughs> take them. So I have a pair, right? Yeah, and they are ugly. I'm not gonna lie. See, I do not wear them outside of the house. <laughs> See, that's what um, I was thinking before I got a pair, and they're super comfy. Like they're good for walking and stuff. Yeah. I used to always wear Asics or Sacconis. These or, are so comfortable. Yeah. Um, but then, you know, I heard about this Hoka crap and I seen them. <laughs> so I, you know, I put them on. I'm like, oh, wow, these things are really comfy, but I would not get caught dead. You know, walking yeah. Yep. Um, they are, they are so comfortable though. But for the house, for the treadmill, perfect. Uh, yeah, but the, as far as running shoes, I've never delved into the running world and yeah. it's amazing what a shoe makes yes. as far as like your pain. Mm-hmm. 100%. When I, when I worked for Nike, there was a time that I was specifically in Nike running. If you remember. Makes sense. Right? Yeah, makes sense. NSB, <laughs> which I was thinking about. Oh, no, not NSB. What was there? Is it or NR, NR, NRC? Oh, Nike, Nike Run, Run Club. Club? Yeah, 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 there you go. Um, I feel like we've been doing this, man, the past couple episodes. You know, uh, today we are going to talk about the art of not quitting. But before we do that, we do have some some somber updates. I uh, shared with you guys, um, oh, yeah. you know, the diagnosis of my uncle. Unfortunately... Not even 30 days after the diagnosis of the uh, stage four nonspecific cancer, uh, we actually laid my uncle to rest uh, last week. So, you know, rest in peace to Uncle Spen, uh, Ben and Jake, my cousins. You know, I, I was I was very tough the entire time in terms of holding my emotions together. Yeah. Um, my aunt had set it up very nicely for us to have a private viewing with just the immediate family, maybe seven or eight of us. And of course, the family's still cracking jokes though. So I'm standing next to my Uncle Span. You know, I'm looking at him. He looked great, by the way. Um, Pretty incredible how they- Yeah, you know, seriously, that whole process is is uh, awesome. And, and obviously getting, you know, his body from Dallas to New York was a thing in itself. But so I'm standing there in a black suit. And of course, one of my cousins comes up to me and he's like, He's got the best Secret Service agent watching over him right now. <laughs> so we were still able to have some some jokes, but I ended up losing it 
when um you know my cousin Jake and Ben got up to speak oh man oh it's so it's so hard. and when their voice cracks a little oh. bit you just like and break it's not down. you know the, and the sad thing is is that my uncle was literally the the calmest the coolest just so supportive and you know he he was he was just a uh, just a great man and and I have so many great memories with him I actually used to fly down to Texas from the age of 10 to 15 and spend my summers down there really i didn't yeah, know that yeah which was uh which was awesome so you know the the wisdom that he he's instilled in me um and and more importantly my my cousins um you know he'll he'll always be with us so it was a quick it, it was just a quick uh quick journey man not even yeah. 30 days and that's he ended wild. Up passing away um so that's that and then the second thing though i was gonna go ask go um did I, who did the eulogy the kids yes yeah 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 have yeah. you done one two kids um do you know no so I, I did. I did you came the one I did for yes. my grandfather? Yes, dude. The, I've done best man speeches. Mm -hmm. I spoke in public before. I know you have. A you, eulogy is so hard. Writing it is emotional. Saying it and then looking around and seeing like the oh, people, the emotions, fit, right? dude, it's so bad. I know. I that I was blown away. I didn't cry. Mm -hmm. I was so close. But as I get older and stuff like this happens and you start yep. thinking about everything, I've had a trouble lately managing my emotions. I find myself like watching, like I was working out and I was watching the countdown between um, uh, Caleb Plant and um, I think I've talked about it before in the podcast and um, uh, Canelo, mm -hmm. and he talks about his daughter. Yep. I just started crying, yeah. like randomly. Yep. It was like nine a.m. in the morning. I'm working <laughs> out and I'm just crying in the basement by myself. I'm like, what is wrong with me? <laughs> right, right. But no, I, maybe I it's a maturity thing. Yeah, absolutely. But also, I think us being dads now, you know, gives it a. Uh, a different outlook for us too you know i don't know if you have these thoughts i'm being honest on the podcast today i look at livy sometimes and juliana also but because livy can communicate i like think more with her and i think like if all goes well like i won't be around she'll still be around yes and that bums me out but also like makes me less important does right. that make sense yes but that i mean that's always the hope and that's the goal you know, yeah to, to outlive your your kids yeah uh but yeah very very sad stuff oh, um man. and then also to you know just give the update on uh beef brody from tactical baby gear and his daughter kendall um the diagnosis you know we had spoke a couple of weeks ago about the 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 mass or the tumor that they had found and it actually came back as neuroblastoma um and mike has an extreme uh, i don't want to say closeness but i guess it's a uh no, so uh, so it's an understand a uh, um, better understanding of exactly the process of neuroblastoma because you've had somebody very close to you that so yeah and they weren't directly like very close it's a one of my best friend's cousin uh son yes was diagnosed and it, it's weird because at the time i was just starting on like this new job but i had this thing of like feeling like i should help because i could help because i had like some type of a following yes and for whatever reason, like I, hundred percent, I don't understand how, why I got so involved in it. But we helped raise a little money. We did like Wednesdays for Weston. Weston the socks, right? Yep. yep. Long story short, he um, is in remission and doing well. And we see him like at Thanksgiving every year. And he's like just a normal kid having a blast. Because of that, I met another guy. This guy Greg Pauletti, who I had lunch with randomly. Again, I don't have lunch with people all the time just because they reach out an instant, like, hey, let's connect. Mm -hmm. But he was explaining that he had a daughter who had neuroblastoma and he really appreciated us helping out and just wanted to meet me. Again, very random. Uh, ended up being a great guy. He invests in, re invests in real estate, so we had a bunch of different things that we connected on. And he's like, man, like I don't know what we're going to do in the future, but like stay in touch. It had to be like three or four years, and then all of a sudden he starts this foundation. So it's right after we have the second child, uh, Juliana, 
And I'm like overwhelmed. I'm like, I can't do a thing. Like I have too much going on. I'm leaving my company. And he reached out and he's like, I really want you to get involved. And something in me again was like, I feel like I have to help because mm-hmm. I can help. And I have a presence in town and like, this guy's great. I can't imagine what they went through, et cetera, et cetera. So I helped them with that foundation uh, run and got even more involved. And like, it was a lot of time and I wanted to quit, which I'll talk about like all the time. Mm-hmm. I was like, why am I doing this? Is like, I'm not generating income for the family, but it feels like I have to. Like I, I enjoy doing this for a good cause and it is what it is. Yep. Then Beeve announces, I didn't even see it. Dana walked up the stairs. We were at home one day and she's like, did you see? And I'm like, no, what? And then she said, Beeve's daughter has neuroblastoma. And I was like, what are the chances? That's one of the only podcasts we were guests on, mm-hmm. and we flew there right. randomly. Yep. We asked. We said, why were we on this? And we were, you guys got through the system. We don't know. <laughs> Swear to God. Yeah. Great yeah. people. Yeah. They treated us like we were Joe Rogan yeah. attending, mm-hmm. right? They treated mm-hmm. us great. Went out to lunch, et cetera, et cetera. So Dana, kudos Dana was like, you should connect all of them together because they always say, like, it's so scary and there's so many people giving you advice, but people went through it can give you the right advice. Right. So I called Greg, and I'm like, hey, Greg, like, I was going to call Weston's parents, but they're a little more removed, and Greg is like in it. He has mm-hmm. the foundation, et cetera. So I called him. I'm like, hey, like, one of our friends that we were a guest on this podcast just found out that there's neuroblastoma, and like, I would just love to connect you to. So I reached out to Beeve, and I said, hey, like, I don't mean to overstep, but like, I would love to connect you guys. He He knows all the best doctors in New York. I think at Memorial Memorial Sloan Kettering, they yep, do a lot. Sloan, right. um, and long story short, they ended up connecting, and I think he hooked him up with some of the um, guidance. Beautiful. And I think they're in New York, I, right? Yeah, Did they I, fly into New York? I, I don't know. Long story short, it's one of those things in life where I look back at all this time I spent that I just had this feeling like it was the right thing to do, and I and I – it was just something like I don't I don't believe in a lot of that stuff, but like a calling of like you should do this. Mm-hmm. Whereas a lot of times I don't do everything I should. And now looking back, I'm like, what are the chances? All the all these things happened, and these two people that live on, you know, very different areas, different mm-hmm. lifestyles, were the connection right. because of a podcast that I also wanted to quit. Like because of real estate, I also want I wanted to quit all this stuff that I'm involved mm-hmm. in now. But somehow it all connects, and hopefully um, it's for the better, and we'll follow along. But just the, the thought of, like, it could make a difference yes, absolutely. is pretty cool. No, and credit to you guys, because if we never had the platform, you never reached out, we never traveled there, this conversation probably never happened. Of course, of course. Isn't um, that weird? It, it is weird. But, yeah, I mean, you know, Beavis is uh, pretty public with, with this diagnosis, um, which is it's tough in itself to be public oh, yeah. with something like that. Uh, but I, I think, you know, if if I were in that situation, I might as well, because I like receiving, you know, all of the well wishes from everybody. It just gives you a little little extra, um, I guess, fuel you yeah. know, to, to fight this fire. But I mean, just looking at him with that picture and his daughter, man, it's 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 a very eye uh, opening yeah. eye opening thing, you know. So, yeah, if you if you're not familiar, go to Tactical Baby Gear on Instagram. He yep. does a great job of posting. Um I, I will personally say, and I, I don't know if you guys feel the same way, like I like how he goes about his business. Yes. You really get to know him. You mm-hmm. feel like you know Beef, even if you've never met him. Right. And the core group over there, like, it just seems like good people. Yep. So are. if you can, go support. And then yes. on his post, it's kickass Kendall, yep. hashtag. Yep. Um, and then, uh, yeah, just, I mean, any type of words of encouragement, I'm sure help. Yep. I'm sure Kendall likes seeing it. Absolutely. Um, yep. But very cool. Rough stuff, man. And this is, uh, you know, the don't you feel like it's been a heavy couple of, of years? Oh yeah, 
it's it's been a heavy uh you know just a heavy is that growing up I, I guess do you think i guess think about when we started the podcast how not like boring but just different we yeah like it. so different like <laughs> not real problems going yeah. on like right think about it yeah it's what did so we true. really have going on i know it's so true. Yeah, I would. Probably, oh, we're so busy. We back, can't do it. Back then, I would be like, "Oh, my my Peter Pan shoes that I have on now are hurting the back of my yeah, feet." Yeah, you know? I gotta I gotta insist on my foot. <laughs> yeah, Mike has running shoes on right now. Yeah, and and I have. Uh, Michael knows what these are. High five. Those are <laughs> my, Chelsea boots. These are Chelsea boots, but with a little Peter Pan esque uh, point. Little point, going, just in right? case he's got a fly away. <laughs> That's right. Uh, so speaking of fashion, you know, and and to lighten the mood. Um, yeah, please, Dave. It's please. full blown, Michael. It is full blown mink season. Oh yeah. Oh. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if you've seen, but you know the minks are out. I want to tag you in these posts. You but, need uh, to. You know, but, I I see the posts and I'm like, that looks like Mike Tyson when he was champion of the world. So, <laughs> so, I, the mink, like, so I've never seen um what what is it? Oh responses. man, I'm forgetting. No, so the responses that I got to that were just so funny, and people love making jokes and cracking jokes because i'm very listen i enjoy wearing these things I, know? I know my dad I know. though he's he's like buddy this is awful he's like take it off it's ridiculous i said dad i love you but i'm 33 years old i am ridiculous. i do what i want can <laughs> i, I can i level with you you make it harder for your friends to go out with you than actually going out with you because everyone comes up to us and they're like what is he wearing like, and then you know my response is all the time it's just dave, it's just dave yeah nine nine times out of ten now like all of frank's friends in boston ask me like what's going on i'm like it's dave and they're like oh yeah you're right like they understand now yeah um but what is what is the um reference that everybody kept giving me it's a show a very popular show um hold on I could pull must it be a mob show no no it's not it's a, it's it's kind of like a warrior with like I don't know, like oh, uh, Viking? No, no, no. Let me see here. I could pull somebody. Oh, Jon Snow. No, you're talking about. I could pull um, somebody who referenced it. Um, House of Dragon. No, 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 no. Uh, what is it? Well, and, and everyone knows. Everyone knows what it is. When well, I say we'll it. take this. Not three hundred. Uh, oh, oh, GOT Game of Thrones. <laughs> yeah, I literally. Yeah, oh, House of Dragons, that? Game of Thrones. Oh, gotcha. Jon Snow. So I actually had to John Google. Snow? I had to. You've Google. never seen Game of Thrones? No. I had to Google, and then the first picture that comes up is this dude with like slick back hair, and he's wearing a fox, John like, Snow. but like an actual fox. Yeah, like mine is. Is that your mine next is purchase? the fur? Mine is the fur, but I think wearing the actual animal on your body is a little much. I know people who do that. Though. Part of me, part of me, Peter will come get you. Part of me is so excited to see like you post like going out my mink today, and then the <laughs> next video be you covered in red paint. Yeah, Some yeah, person yeah. hit you. <laughs> I might start tagging your location. Be like, Pete, Pete, no, 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 no. I'll be upset. I don't know how people could do that because honestly, unless you're a full blown vegan, you don't eat, you don't wear leather. Like, you can't really talk about that. Does that make sense? What I'm saying, I'm staying out of this. You know what I'm saying? Canceled. But that's the, that's the debate. I'm staying out too. No, no. But that's the debate because so, people could talk all they want. Let me. But ask- if I'm going to wear a mink or a fur, what's the difference between you wearing leather shoes? It still came from an animal. I'm pretty You're sure still people that are saying why are you wearing that are not wearing leather shoes. Well, maybe not, but sometimes they will. They, sometimes they will, and they don't realize. Oh, let me have a chicken sandwich. So or let me eat that bacon. Where did that come from, dude? Let me have a chicken sandwich. <laughs> uh, I. By the way, I thought they were referencing you in um, American Gangster. That's a good oh, one too. Good one. Frank, Frank White. Lucas. No, I, Lucas. I just got a whole bunch of uh, Lucas. clapping emojis to my <laughs> DMs. <laughs> the, the... It's incredible. And you it's and really the, the, like the angle at which you do the video where it's like it looks like in a movie. <laughs> like, you definitely set up the shot. Um 
there if you watch Siesta Key, which that's one of our guilty pleasures in our household, really lost it. Do you watch Siesta Key? I, I have in the past, but Gare Bear, Gary, mm-hmm. Gare was the biggest loss to that show. His wow. Yeah, what are you talking about? Like the way he <laughs> talked was my are, favorite. So you're you're um him? What's going on? No, here? I'm not talking about you. Oh, okay. All right. Um but they have a company they're starting with fake fur. Did you see that? Faux like furs? luxury faux like, furs. Lu- luxury faux Would furs. Would you rock a faux fur yes. if it looked legit? I have yeah. one. I oh, have you do? One. I do have one. That one was not, but I do have one. <laughs> I think you could you could tell the, the difference. I I applaud you for someone who <laughs> says like I don't care what people think. Ridiculous. So for someone says I I have a trouble with caring what people think and wearing a mink coat, <laughs> I I highly uh, doubt it. Well, okay. Question: If I I would, set up a night for us and I let you wear one of the minks and we go somewhere where nobody's gonna know you, we don't have, have to go. I'd to have to be very here. drunk, but. Can we like legit go have a serious dinner as two men and two minks and like just go and just you be normal though? A hundred percent. Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. I would need though. I think I'm more of like the accent of a fur okay. on like a jean jacket or like another like leather jet. Okay, something that it's not all mink. <laughs> like to walk around all mink, you look like you're Madonna in, the, in your peak. Yeah, can I be Diddy? Yeah, like. <laughs> I, I guarantee if we did that, we'd be in a fight with someone immediately. Uh, no, I don't think so. I, I think well, that's true. There's people. two reactions to Dave when we go out in public. <laughs> it's, I want to fight that guy, or I want to see who who he is, and I want to be friends with him. There's only two. There's yeah, no, like, true. I'm ignoring this guy. That's been for a very long time now, unfortunately. But the, the fighting thing has gotten... It's it's minimal now. It never yeah. happens. <laughs> Look Everyone at follows the podcast. That's pretty good. Everyone's lovers. The, you know what I've been a fiend for? Lately, a fiend. Okay. yeah, not for not Big a fiend, not a fiend for furs, but we always have a little food section here. Always. And I've been a fiend, favorite though, part, a fiend for good happy hours in town. Like there are high end restaurants, Hudson Valley Steakhouse, all these that place prime. Great. Oh, it's great, but their happy hours are unbelievable. Dirty martinis, seven bucks, wings, the the um, uh, filet mignon trio for eighteen dollars. I mean, it's can't ha- beat that. That's what I'm saying. But I've been doing it like weekly now, going to like high end places. Though, yeah, it was something I never really did. But it's great to dabble in. Yeah, it's good uh, little networking. Yeah. Um, speaking of fur. fiending lately, I've been fiending for cigars. Okay. I've been diving back into that world. As I said previously, I'm optimizing for enjoyment this year. I'm gonna work hard. I'm back to the grind. I'm eating pork shoulder and and chicken <laughs> breasts, like very cheap meals, rice and potatoes. Like I'm not very fancy at home these days. Even that happy hour price is sound incredible. I can't. I can't afford it. Uh, I spent every last dollar into the business to hopefully have a good lucrative year. But right now it's tight. So I like started to dive into the scar world, thinking through like you know a lot of times it's being in the right circles. I have passions that I want to rekindle, um, and something that you're gonna laugh about. The big thing for 2023 I want to do is I want to become more handy. I want to be able to put in a fence. CV has inspired me. Every time I walk through that frigging gate, and I'm like, they built this thing. This is beautiful. I'm like, I think I can figure this out. So I went on a tear of researching how to uh, install a aluminum or vinyl fence, privacy fence. Apparently, you uh, got to be below the frost line. Yes. Do you know what that means? Uh, In the ground? Correct. My guy. Um, (laughs) My guy. so I was talking to Dana about it, and she, you know, typical, like, I would love for you to be handy. And I'm like, all right, that's all I need to know. <laughs> that's all I need. Let me get my tools ready. 
Um, but I don't have any tools, so I guess that's, <laughs> that's step one. Yeah, um, I'm not interested at all. Yeah, but, uh, yeah. You know, I never was good either. Luck, good luck to you. But here's my thought process, right? And tell me if I'm wrong. I've had this thought before, and I've quit, right? I've been like, eh, it's not worth it. Nope. But looking back, it's because I haven't spent the time to do it the right way. I just wanted to get the project done in a day. Versus in my head, I'm like, maybe one day you pour the concrete. You do that correctly. Mm -hmm. You test in one post. Like if I take it low and slow, the Dave method, 10 pages a day, <laughs> I think I can get there. And ultimately, if I do want a portfolio of residential properties and have this cool little like bar and things in my house, the reality is like you can't outsource all of it. You can, but you can, you can but you need the money, right? Right, right. So Or the leverage. Or the leverage. But knowledge-wise, it's right within my focus of life in the real estate world. It's yes. in that focus, yes. and it will help. You know, if I go to a property and I little shake the fence, I'm like, yeah, they didn't go below the frost line here. <laughs> See, that that's my fear with, with building things. And and again, it's very ironic. My father cringes because my man can literally build houses. See? But I have zero interest. I've seen the frustrations, him having to do a whole project, stand back, be like, oh, it's not right. That wall is, is backwards. And I'm like, oh, boy. And my man will just- The wall is backwards. <laughs> but like that. there's nothing more rewarding- to you, looking back, to and you, seeing, I built that. To you, to yeah. anybody, yeah. no, anything, anything no. that you put your own blood, yes. sweat, and but you have to into, want to do that. You're gonna be like, wow, and you want to do it. That. To your point, right. I look at things that I tried to do, and I was not proud to say I did that. Mm -hmm. But if you get to the point where your skill set's good enough, yes. you have to want that. You know, and, and I think I want it. Go for it. Wouldn't I'm that be great if you had me as a friend? You're like, Mike, can you build me a, a, a cigar lounge in my I backyard? I have a lot of friends that are building. I could do it. Yeah, you do. <laughs> I'm, I'm low on the list, huh? <laughs> you know what's funny? I literally, my text just I went off. I need a hobby, too. My text just went off. What's your hobby? Um, read this second one. Smoking cigars? Read this just read the second one, but don't, don't say uh, who it is. But just read exactly what it says. <laughs> I'm that guy for people. Yeah, you should be that guy. Read it out loud. Oh, you, I thought you said you didn't want me to read it. Hi, David, I have a question. Do you have a handyman contractor <laughs> for work on a house in Yorktown that you'd recommend? Yeah, Mike Perelli. <laughs> you want me to respond? <laughs> I'm, I'm talking to him right now, but literally that text just came in. <laughs> so yeah, I'm not the guy who can uh, build you anything, but I probably have a guy who can build you something. And like construction, life, it's all about the tools you have, which I'm learning. So me and my father-in-law, Joe Salvo, shout out Joe, even my dad, to some extent, but he mm -hmm. does plumbing. That's a whole nother thing. What's yeah, the no. most important tool that you need to have? For me, it's been a screw gun. Negative. Uh, hammer. Negative again. Um, a drill. Saw. Wrong, wrong, wrong. No, but it's, a screw gun's a drill. It starts with a K. A kangaroo. Confidence. No, I'm just <laughs> Cali. <laughs> Cali. You need Cali. Knowledge. Oh, yeah, wow. 100%. And I preach to everyone, go on YouTube, learn it yourself. And, I, and then I'm not taking my own advice. Yep. That's... Uh, that's funny. Yeah, man. Good good luck. And then when you start practicing and you screw your stuff up, then come to my house. When I'm done. Make it right, though. You know? Oh, man. <laughs> Something gets me going watching these fences go in. They're just yeah, but pristine. the amount of time, and this is what social media doesn't show you. How long And YouTube. It yeah. It's like, watch this two-minute tutorial on how to build a fence, and it's like sped up. Doo -doo 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 -doo. Everything looks perfect. And then you literally just spent three days trying to like even dig into the ground or something like that. That's not appealing. So that's even like we broke, <laughs> we, we, we broke out the uh, pizza oven. Because Phil got one. So we went to his house. I kind of stepped in and helped out. I'm like, yeah. I know how to my way around these things. <laughs> um, so then the next day we had we had people over and I was like, let me break it out again, see if I still got yep. it. 
I forgot how hard it is to do. And you spend hundreds of dollars on the materials of everything. Yep. And then the pizza comes out and tastes like shit. And you're like, I could have ordered <laughs> yeah, I bought one. bought a nice pizza. I know. Yeah. And I have all these connections with food in town. Yeah. And I'm serving people this crappy pizza. Yep. Very demoralizing. Special shout out. Dana Pirelli, finally, finally, I've been I've been brainwashing her like no one else. I've just put on food shows constantly and how to make this, how to make that. Yep. One clicked. It was lemon, uh, lemon saw. garlic chicken cutlets, Frank Pinello, and something clicked, and she made them. They were the best. Listen, the best chicken cutlets I've ever had. Wow. She wow. baked them, dipped them in lemon, garlic, and mm. a little cilantro. I think cilantro. No, not cilantro. Parsley. Parsley. A little parsley. Yeah. Dude. <sighs> they looked good. I mean, her picture-taking skills aren't the best. Mm, Don't so, tell them that. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. But it looked, it, it looked really good, though. So I said, you, you know me, I was like, Dana, for you, for 2023, your job <laughs> is to get better at cooking, which I know you want to do. You just got to take the time. Yep. And mine is to become handy. And then she was like, I want to become handy, too. And I'm like, yeah, let's both be. Let's both build fences. Good. Uh, Dana's an elite baker, for those who haven't. She was. Who don't know. Was. Well, uh, well, I don't think you lose that. Though. She doesn't bake anymore. Uh, it, that's true. But I, she almost, like, I remember when she wanted to open uh, a bakery. Like, she was that elite. Yeah. You know? That's future. That's yeah, future yeah, game yeah. plan. You know? It's going to be all, part, of the, uh, back together. part of the empire. All right. Instead of, instead of talking about pizza Sorry. and all this stuff, go CV. Let them know where you get this protein at. We wanted to take a quick second to let you guys know that we partnered with our good friends over at Orgain.com. We're happy to offer our listeners 30% off by entering the code NOSNOOZE30. Again, that's NOSNOOZE30 for 30% off your first order. If you're on the market for a new protein powder, nutritional shake, protein bar, or Mike's favorite, collagen peptides, Orgain is your one-stop shop. As all of you know, my Crohn's disease is currently in remission, and the only protein I use is from Orgain. My personal favorites are the chocolate peanut butter and the vanilla bean. With the code, you can try a two-pound tub for under $20. Talk about not snoozing. Go get yours today. Now, back to the epi. All right, Mikey. Today's topic is the art of not quitting, right? And I'm actually reading a book right now by the GOAT, David Goggins called Never Finished, which oh, is his second book. That's a new the one. The sequel to the first book, Can't Hurt Me, uh, which did, is, it, it's it's next level stuff. Did you see Joe Rogan read what he sent him on his birthday? Yes. Yes. Oh, dude. That's good. I was laughing. Yes. yes and the way he read good. it in his he book. He actually did the, he did the forward for his, uh, for his book, too. Joe Rogan the, did? Or the, it's on the back. What's it called? The postword? Something I don't know. Ooh, yeah, TV, but he's, he's on the back. Of the it. big author. Um, but for those who don't know, Dave Goggins. I mean, um, DJ. Yeah, he's he's uh, he's he, a uh, here bleep this out. He's a bitch. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> he's I'm an extreme. Nothing. Nothing. An extreme level above the uh, normal human, and an extreme level above the toughest human that you possibly know <laughs> right like he's he's to the next level that honestly i don't even strive for that you can't get there um you you took the words out of my mouth is it counterproductive being yeah, that almost. insane i think it is yes no offense I, to him he loves that life not yeah. for me well because he's trained his brain to be so much stronger than his physical body yeah so he just keeps going and he's like running on a broken leg yeah but like dragging his leg because his mind is telling him not to quit so he's like this is his mind <laughs> this is his body i'd like to be more like there right or so like, like here maybe right so there you go so today's conversation is david goggins then you got quit Mike before Pirelli, you break david a leg Gina, and then you got like 
you know, where you want to be, kind of. Yeah. So it's right about, yes. you know? But yes. you're still a long, long ways 100%. away from, from uh, David Goggins. But it's uh, funny because, you know, I feel like more than, uh, and, and to CV's word before of knowledge, I think more than intelligence and money, the most elite individuals in the world have learned this skill and mastered their mind um, in terms of the art of not quitting. When I think of not quitting, this is just a personal thing, I feel very fortunate because I feel like I was brought up, um, you know, my father has to this day an unmatched and an unrivaled work ethic to anybody I've ever been around, ever seen. Anytime that man was knocked down and he's been knocked down many times in his life, he continued to get back up and to do it with passion. Um, and he did it all for his family, all for, you know, some some level of success, but to instill in his kids the importance of not quitting. Right. I think back to when I was actually five years old, CV, I was a soccer player, believe it or not. I wanted to quit so bad. I hated it. I hated it. But my father made me finish not only that game, but he made me finish the season. You probably at the, the time didn't understand it, right? I didn't understand it. Yeah. Well, my man paid for the league. You got to stay in it. No, he was a coach. You probably got a discount. <laughs> you know, he probably point. got the discount. Point. But it was, uh, you know, I I, I remember point. though, like it was the sport. I hated it. It was no, like there was no uh, no scoring involved. You know, because you're young. Well, you and like, I was used to basketball. I sucked absolutely atrocious. Yeah. Could barely kick the thing straight. Every time I would try to kick it, it'd go out of bounds or something. So I hated it. It's because you had those Chelsea boots. <laughs> yeah, my Peter Pans. You know, wouldn't <laughs> wouldn't work properly. You're trying to tell it. It was like. <laughs> Exactly. But, you know, and I remember him after after one game, you know, him saying when you quit on something, it becomes easier and easier to quit on something else. Mm. And the last thing that you want to do is to create a habit of quitting. And I'm like, I didn't understand this. I was like five, you know, but that was something. And he was my coach growing up in all my sports. And he would always say that to us. Um, And it was a very, uh, I guess, instrumental moment in my life that I remember wanting to quit so bad as a five-year-old um, and then eventually quitting after the season. But yeah. I finished, I had to finish the season. Well, though, you so. finished, so you didn't quit. You Ex- just stopped doing it. Exactly. <laughs> Which exactly. is the art of quitting. Right. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but kudos, kudos to dad. And now, it. and I'm sure you can relate to this too, as a father and as a parent, I'm trying to do the same exact thing and instill that thought process um, into my daughter. And it's not teaching anything because he didn't really teach. He would say things here and there, but he would do, you know, it was the yes, action yeah, that yeah. I followed. Yeah. So like, I want Callie to see everything that I'm doing and her adopt, you know, the, the, the Kobe esque where he never forced his daughter, Gianna to, it was Gianna, right. Mm-hmm. To actually work out with him. He just worked out, continued to work out at 4am. She would wake up and then be like, daddy, can I shoot with you? Mm-hmm. Daddy, can I come with you? And before you know it, she was working out at 4am with him, yep. you know? Uh, but yeah, good topic to talk about. Let's get into it. One hundred percent. Right. Talk yeah. to me. Yeah. For, I mean, well said. I, my parents also were very big on that. Dad, especially. Um, I remember a couple times in my life where I was like, "This is stupid. Like, I'm wasting time. Right. Like, I'm not into it. I want to quit." And looking back, yeah, I probably could have left and not done it anymore. But it was good to stick it out and just see it to the end. Yep. Um, because then at least you didn't leave anything on the table. You, you finish what you started. Like finishing what you started gives you the ability to reflect and say, all right, maybe I don't want to start something new similar to that in right. the future, right. which is a different versus like you're halfway through something, you just don't do it. Mm-hmm. 
not quitting is uh, not great when you eat food and you just kind of finish a plate constantly. Yeah, yes, yeah. So that's something you have to unlearn. Yes, yes, absolutely. Um, but for me, it's 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 been this like lens of I've in the past realized that all successes and just life in general are just people who stuck it out most of the time. Like if you ever get good at something, you're usually pretty bad in the beginning. And when you're pretty bad at stuff in the beginning, you want to quit. But the people that are exceptional or do well or it's a part of their life are the ones that just kept doing it. Yes. Which is very simple and easier said than done, but it goes for everything, it right? Does. So for me, I remember st- uh, distinctly when I started my real estate career thinking to myself like, I'm going to give you give yourself four years and treat this as an education as if you're re-going to college. It's going to be hard. You might not make a lot of money, but you just can't quit. Right. That was like kind of the thought process. And every time I was like, this industry sucks. Like I had a rough day. A deal fell through. I wasted all my time. I'm making no money. This is so counterproductive. The thing I always thought about was like in four years and five years, am I going to look back at myself and be mad? Is my future self going to be pissed? Say, I gave you the game plan. You just quit. You just didn't stick it out. And I found myself whenever I had that internal conversation, I remember one specifically I went through a like, come to find out as you get older, there's times in the market that are slower. There's cycles. Mm-hmm. Everyone tells you that, but you don't really listen. You're like, yeah, yeah, I'm always going to be busy. Yep. But from the end of the year, say Thanksgiving until uh, the end of the Super Bowl, traditionally it's slower. You can stay busy, but a lot of stuff doesn't happen, right? So I remember I went through a real dry spell, like early on in my career, and I was literally at the front desk answering the phones three days a week trying to make something happen, making no money. Like, I don't even remember what I made, but it was laughable, the amount of money that was coming in from my company. Love them to death, but the reason I was there was to learn. And I was Googling property management jobs so I could live for free and be able to afford to live, right? And I was I spent like all day looking it up. And then I kind of like sat there and I was like, F this, like, let's go try to find a deal. Like, I'm not quitting. I'm not doing a property manager. Stay focused. And then I think the next day, I got a deal. And I remember thinking like that, you know that meme where they're digging for diamonds? Yes, yeah, yeah. That mm-hmm. is in my head constantly because I'm like, one call can change my life. Mm-hmm. One call the next day can change the year. Like it's just the next, like all, it just you just need one break. And yes, that's true, but to some extent it's not. You just got to keep doing it. But every time I've wanted to quit and not quit, the next couple of weeks or months have been the most lucrative I've ever had. Yeah. But you go through these ebbs and flows where you're like, wow, like I did great. I'm coming down from a really good year and I suck. I got no confidence. I'm not getting anything done. Deals are falling apart. I'm not getting money coming in. Like why do I work seven days a week if I'm not going to make like a good amount of money, whatever mm-hmm. it is. And then you stick to it and you don't quit. And then the big deal comes. A, a, a Like one of the prime examples of this for me in my and I'm I'm gonna go personal, but career wise, was I tried to do commercial deals for three years. I got listings and I could not rent them out. And each time I got a little closer, and then I had a deal ready to be signed, and COVID hit. And I'm like, all the work I've done to just break the ice in the commercial world. Three years of taking on listings and losing them getting fired, not, and learning, getting a little better, getting a little bit, but still sucking. It's like you get in the game in a basketball game and you don't make a point for three years, right? (laughs) It's pretty bad. It's pretty bad. 
then you're like, all right, I'm in the game. I'm going to take a jumper. Like it's going in like, it, and then the, the clock goes off and you're like, what they, the bra- the backboard broke or whatever the scoreboard yeah, broke. Yeah. That was the feeling. So in my head, I'm like, what am I doing? F it. Like I spend hundreds of dollars being a part of this association to do this commercial application. And I haven't closed the deal. Then three months later, I'm like, you're stupid. Stick, you have to learn that there's a big opportunity. It's hard, but do not quit. Then I got my biggest deal to date that next month because another real estate agent was like, oh, Mike is does commercial. I know he's younger, but I know he's going to work hard to find a deal. We ended up getting a $2,150,000 deal. And to date, it was my biggest deal commercial, mm. right? So then I'm like, damn, like if I didn't stick with it and that person asked if you do commercial and I said no, I wouldn't have got that deal done, right? And you break the ice. So I'm not there yet. I hit mm-hmm. a three-pointer, right? Yep. Like I would say I was in the basketball game. We were down by four. I hit a three to bring us closer. Right. And all of a sudden, I'm like, oh, I can do it. Mm-hmm. So I didn't win the game. Then as I leave my career, or excuse me, leave my previous company, residential's gotten really quiet because of the market, the rates. And the only thing I have working is a couple commercial deals. And I'm like, if I didn't do commercial... I would have no deals this month. Right. But because I did commercial, I'm able to survive to get to the mm-hmm. next month. And then in my head, I'm like, damn. Like if I quit, you know, three years ago, whatever, two years ago, all of this opportunity that's starting to come in and the the vision's coming to life, like I still suck. I'm still a bench warmer. <laughs> I, no, it's, it's good to be logical about this. But like I'm in no means the yeah. star player. But I'm getting closer to that court. Yep. And I, once you feel it, it gets so much easier to not quit mm-hmm. because you're like, I know I can do it. Like I, I hit a, a ball on the, you know, I, whatever, hit a shot. I just need the ball. Like, give me the ball. Give me the ball. It's, it, but it's so hard. Yeah, like, of course. Especially when you suck for three years. Right, right. Right? Yo, as you're referencing this basketball stuff, so I don't, I definitely, I don't think I've ever shared this because it's super embarrassing. Well, you suck at basketball? Pretty much. So, you know that, you know, my career ended in a, Good way. Like I, I finished high school. How many points? Point, th- you know, over a thousand points in three years. Like shout, out nice ball. Salvo. shout out Alyssa Salvo that always likes to bust my chops. Um, chops. <laughs> bust my chops. But so I was in I was at Greenwich High and I think I was a freshman. I don't know if you remember Coach Burke. Yeah, right? hated him. Oh, awful, terrible. I did not like. He didn't man. like me. He didn't like me. Wait, wait, listen, we, so, this so is anyway. a positive podcast. Yeah, but anyway, I hope he's doing well. Right, me too. But so you know, I was excited. You know, you're on the freshman team, then they bring you up to JV, and I remember I, I had pulled my my hamstring in one of the trials. So like it was shaky because here I am, you know, white boy from Mount Vernon. You're supposed to be real nice, but like you can't even get through the tryout because you pulled your hammy, right? So Coach Burke's giving me you know a lot. He of was stuff. loud, right? Very loud. So then I end up like getting on the team, but first couple of weeks, like I can tell that like, you know, I I just didn't really fit into his mold. Right. And again, I was playing up on the JV level. Yeah. So one game comes around and like I'm expecting not to play because I haven't played in, you know, the, the whole season pretty much when it came to the JV. Always played freshman. But then when it came to JV, you know, you would get, get no minutes. Yeah. So he I guess there was a uh, a ball that went out of bounds. They blow the whistle. He's like, Dave Regina, boom, get in the game. So I get in the game and the play was for me. And if you know out of bounds plays in basketball, you know, typically there could be like a play that's drawn up for a shooter to get like a quick three point shot. 
So mind you, coming off cold, like I know the plays for me, I inbound the ball, I come around a screen, I get the ball, uh, This I'm at the, uh, I guess the right side, three-point line, I shoot it, the ball gets stuck in the rim. Ah. Uh. Sub takes me out. Oh my. <laughs> yo, yeah, see? Yo, yo, like, you know what I'm saying? So, so I was devastated. When I tell you, I, I literally didn't, I never wanted to play basketball ever again. Yeah, yeah. I swear to God. And I remember cursing him out. Like yeah. I was ter- I was bad. Yeah. Uh, because I should have never gotten this disrespectful with this man. But I remember like yeah. feeling so embarrassed yeah. and feeling like, you know what? I am quitting. Yeah. And I remember I spoke to this parent after the game. I'll leave them anonymous, but they made me shoot from that same spot about 50 times, yeah. 50 to 75 times. And I shot that ball very well. And in that moment, I remember saying, F this dude. I'm about to be the best basketball player that I could possibly be. Yeah. From that moment on, I turned it up a little bit. I ended up transferring schools and then became what I became in basketball. But yeah. for me, I, I remember wanting to quit a sport yeah. that I loved and I knew I was good at my entire life. Yep. It was crazy. Uh, to your point on that story, like – if you think about it, what parts of a story do you remember? The bad parts. The beginning and the end, right? <laughs> like, but yeah, you know, yeah. you know how a story ends. Of course, of course. But we say all the time, like, if you don't let it end, then that just becomes a part of it, mm-hmm. and like a adversity part that ultimately doesn't matter. Right. Like it help. It's helpful. Right. So there's been a lot of times in same where there's been stuff from like I want to leave. The, leave. I've, I've never thought about that story literally yeah. until now. I feel like all right. So my cycle is this when it comes to to quitting because i've shared my business failures on this podcast before you know when it comes to the beard oil company the hat company like i've tried to do things that just i end up quitting on yeah and i believe you know we we differ on the the meaning of failure but to me failure is ultimately giving up right that's how i interpret it which is which is fine because it's the same sort of uh outcome there's no outcome yeah right but so my cycle is i begin to get these these negative thoughts, right? So, so, so the self-doubt creeps in. And I think at that time, most people, they end up tapping out. Inactive. Inactive, right? But then for me, the self-doubt directly leads to anxiety. Mm-hmm. And the only thing that I've been able to do now through this personal professional development space is there's a saying that says action alleviates anxiety. It's very simple. Triple right. So I started I started to apply that. And for me, it's the only way that I can actually combat the negative self-talk. Right. You can also look at it as a uh, productivity pivot. Right? <clears throat> Basketball, you know, you make a pivot, you go the other way. Um, so a productivity pivot is a tactic that you can utilize that when you're about to quit or you have a negative thought in your head, you take action in the opposite direction immediately. So like. I get the thought of, I don't want to go to the gym today. Boom, I go eat a healthy meal. I don't want to go to the gym today. Boom, I put my shoes on. I don't want to go to work today. Boom, I pick out my clothes. So it's something that I've become very conscious of. So that's one thing that's worked for me when it comes to not quitting. But then the other thing that really works for me is imagining that you were talking to your best friend. Right. If your best friend was in a rut or your best friend was stuck or your best friend wanted to quit. We as human beings have all the knowledge necessary to be successful, but when it comes to ourselves, we can't take our own advice, mm-hmm. right? So I started putting myself in the other person's shoes, but being myself, if that makes any sense, 
and talking to myself as if I was giving the advice to my friend. So the same way that I would expect you to get out of that rut is the same way that I would expect myself to get out of that rut as well. Well, that's kind of why they say, like, if you want to learn, teach, because you, like, talk to yourself, basically. Correct. What do you think the No Snooze Podcast is all about? I'm trying to learn, so I'm trying to teach you, all right? 100%. <laughs> uh, but those are the only tactics that I've found so far that actually help to not quit something. Mm-hmm. But I do think, like, there's a, a process that, like, you, you should, you, you have to have experience in quitting, right, along the way. What are you guys looking at? I don't you know. Confused Somebody me. was calling me. Oh. Oh, oh, oh got you. No, no. You sound he, like a bear, he's he not, said. He's not calling. <laughs> you stop breathing into the mic. This is good. Keep this in. <laughs> so funny. Dude, Dana has um, been sleeping in the other room because I've snored so loud. Oh, yeah? I can't you breathe. Sleep, you got to sleep. allergies are killing you me. Gotta I'm sleep, listening. You got to sleep on your side. Um, yeah, I don't even know where I was at right now, but that's all right. Um, Productivity hacks. Yeah. No, I got you. But I think I was done with, with what I was saying. Yeah, quit on that um, topic. Yeah. Go so, ahead. So... <laughs> No, it's I. One of the rules for me, and I don't know if you think this way, is I never quit on a bad day. So I'll never make a decision to quit something when I'm when you're emotional. emotional. You which you've said yes. a lot. I remember the thought that I had though. I think you have to have an ex- give it to me. You have to have experience in quitting to learn how to not quit. If that makes any sense. Well, here's the thing: everyone at this point in our lives, if you are of an age of like probably. I mean, more than 10 years old. At some point, you've quit on something. <laughs> so all of our eight-year-old listeners out there, no, hopefully, but, but hopefully you, know what I mean. you guys ma- haven't quit yet. Yeah, yeah whatever. The majority of the listeners probably yes. quit on something. Correct. And that's not bad if it's a, if it doesn't become a habit, like you're saying. Yes. But the filter for everything, at least for me, is like, is it in five years, am I going to care? And if it's no, like, yep. like, whatever it is. I don't know of a good example, but golf. Like... In theory, I basically quit golf for a while. Mm-hmm. I don't really care. Like in five years, yeah, maybe I'll be upset that I'm not as good as I can be on a meeting or something. Yep. But personally, like emotionally, like spiritually, I don't give a shit. Like who cares? Right. You know what I mean? Yep. I'll stay at the clubhouse. I'll wait till you guys come in. We'll have a drink. Mm-hmm. I don't care. Yep. Um, so that that kind of through line has been important. The other thing I want to talk about, I think you need success in some form somewhat early on. Yes. I had these little pieces of success in everything I've done, specifically like No Snooze, The Real Estate World, um, Tell Mike Sent You. Like, there's been times where it's been really good and there's been progress. And I feel like I'm getting closer. Even if you don't achieve a result you want, that feeling of like, ooh, I'm sending mailers, but I got a call. Right. So it's somewhat working. It, the guy was pissed, but he called me. Right. Mm-hmm. Like that expectation management i think it's important to not quit versus i want to be a millionaire in a year selling real estate right you're not getting there right you might but chances are no so your chances of quitting are a lot higher because your expectations are out of whack yes so managing like am i getting closer to what i'm trying to do okay am i making progress yes and if i'm not can i tweak it so i make a little more progress and i don't feel like i'm in a rut like that whole self-talk, talking to a friend in stuff that's hard to do that in the real estate world, the deals take forever. Mm-hmm. So like you, you'll you have three months where you don't do anything and you might start doubting yourself. You might be like, why am I doing this? But having you know something appraise out, a call, a new client, doing a pricing report, all those actions help to say like, yeah, I don't. I'm not quitting because clearly stuff's happening. Mm-hmm. It's going to happen. I've yep. I've proven that I've had low points, but I've gotten out of them. Right. 
But if you don't have that to look back to, it's very hard in the beginning not to quit. Yes. I think true. it goes really, re- it's really important in fitness. Oh, absolutely. If you don't see results or have some type of data, that's why I like the body fat percentage thing because sometimes your weight doesn't change much, mm-hmm. but your body fat drops. And just seeing a little bit of data or feedback with success helps you be like, yeah, I had a bad day, but like, look how far I came. Right. You know, yeah. like I can't quit now. Like you, you haven't come this far to come this far. Like, just go a little farther. Let's go a little farther. Yep. Um, so now what you're referring to is is actually something that I was thinking about as well in terms of the it, they call it the dip. The dip. So when you are invested in something and you make the decision to like move forward yeah. with a project, you know, a relationship, a business, whatever it is, you will see if it's something that's worth your time, you will see an upward trend in some level of progress. Right. The gym. Perfect analogy to utilize that, because if you're, you know, an obese individual or you got some weight to lose and you start hitting the gym, just that action is going to create some progress. But then comes the dip. Yeah. And now most people tap out when that dip happens, right? Even in the podcast. I remember when we first started, everybody is posting us. Oh, I wanted to quit. Everybody. Really? In, in the, the beginning? beginning. Oh, well, the, the very beginning. With the, the That was before we even put something out. The night, the lack yes. of Yes. No, no, but I'm saying once we put out that first episode, right? Once we launched some merch, I mean, we sold 250 hoodies. There was, there was. I remember the first month that we went active. I look back on the um, the printful. We sold like 2,500 dollars worth of product. Yeah. I mean, granted, we didn't really make money because we were trying to pay back, you know, whatever yeah, yeah, we right. had spent out. But, you know, then comes the dip, where yes, we're continuing the action, but not everybody's really posting you anymore. Not everybody's buying your merchandise. Yeah, the nuance is gone. But do you have the ability to get through that honeymoon phase, right? In a relationship. At the beginning, everything is all spicy and fun. Hunky dory. Right. But then after some time comes the dip. Right. And it's those who are able to get over that dip and keep moving forward that ultimately reach that success. But a lot of people tap out in the very beginning when they see that first dip. Um, There's a uh, concept that especially when it comes to relationships and specifically with with my mom, um, start pausing, but not quitting. If it's something that is worth your time. I like that. So very transparently, you know, I made a decision to stop talking to my mom when she was addicted to, you know, substances. And I knew that I would talk to my mom again at some point. I didn't realize that she'd be four plus years. Congratulations, mom. Sober. What a, what a great journey. But I didn't realize that she was going to completely shift her life. I mean, ultimately, that's the, that's the goal. But I had to remove myself. And my intention was never to not talk to my mom ever again. But I had to pause and not completely quit on my mom. Right. So I took some time away from her. She ended up, you know, taking strides to make sure that she needed to do what she did. And then we were able to pick up the relationship. But the same thing goes in business, right? Or the same thing goes in, a, in a, a sport or a side hustle. You can take some time away and you can rest, right? There's a very good saying that says resting is a weapon that many of us fail to use, right? Because, <laughs> because we quit. But in reality, if it's something that's worth your time, maybe you just need to pause, right? So it was a, a good thing to think about. Um, and I think also when it comes to yourself and then other people around you, are you really being honest? I feel like there were things that I wanted to start, I wanted to do in my life, but I really wasn't being honest with myself. Like, I like the idea of the thing, but I didn't really, like, walk myself down the true process and the true thought of what it would really take, you know? And you minimize the, the uh, I guess, the percentage of you quitting on something when you have the ability 
to be completely honest with the truth and what is what it's really going to take to achieve any level of success. So, well said. Do you think there's an element of when people walk away from something and pause, then they're intimidated to come back because they feel like they're starting up from scratch? Yes, I do. Because you're like, I worked so hard to get to this point. Now to come back to it and basically start from scratch again, that mindset. I think you have to have passion, though, because if your passion is still there, then I would say come back to it. If your passion is gone and you're not interested, like golf, if you don't want to play golf ever again because it does more damage than it does good for you, let it go. Or whatever, the invent time. Be a quitter. That's fine. But the so the reason I ask is like my fitness journey, right? Mm -hmm. There's been times in my life where I was really into it and I loved it. And it was like I I had all this progress. I was doing all this weight. I was in really good shape. And then you have this dip of like, all right, started a career. I canceled all my memberships. Didn't go to the gym. It was like, make this work. This is a new career. And I'll revisit it in the future. I took a pause. Mm -hmm. Really long pause. Four or five (laughs) years pause. But- I remember the thought of like, man, like I'm so weak now. I got to start from scratch. I used to do this weight, no problem. Mm -hmm. Like that pridefulness is hard to get over. But what I'm I'm realizing is like that knowledge that I took and I reapplied it when I came back was super helpful to progress faster. Right. Right. You might've gotten to the slow lane, but then when you get in the fast lane again, like you know how to drive fast. Yes. So now that I feel like I'm in a place where I'm, probably in the best like mental um uh like like form you know i never did squats when i was younger and now i'm doing squats consistently and enjoying the process like my my habit of it and lifestyle of it is really ingrained in my life now Mm -hmm. i look back at all the times that i had to kind of restart it restart the progress and find that it was all a process to get this point where i can do something that's more manageable for me yes so it wasn't all wasted because I'm not lifting like I did in college. Like I'm not going full meathead anymore. You know, I'm lifting for like um, compound lifts and power and less like, you know, just curls nonstop and dips and like things that are kind of not counterproductive, but a different goal. Mm-hmm. So what I try to do a lot of times is when I have a lot of stops and restarts, learning Italian on my app. I keep thinking to myself, like, you're not starting over. You're just starting with a more mature lens of what it's going to take to get a little farther. Right. Um, and that's helped me restart things that I've stopped completely. Mm-hmm. You know, social media. Sometimes I got to take a break yeah. when I get overwhelmed and it just doesn't make sense with my timing yep. or I get sick. And then when I come back to it, you have fresh eyes and you're like, all right, this time I'm not starting from scratch. I just have a different lens coming into it. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. I mean, the gym is a perfect example, but I also th- like for me, I mean, for those who don't know my story, I was uh, 153 pounds, you know, diagnosed with Crohn's disease, told I had to, you know, I- I'd never play basketball again. You know, they were going to take 20 feet of my insides out, you know, the whole thing. So like you want to quit. Yeah. Well, you got 28 feet of, you know, internal whatever going on. I don't know um, if I got to do that. <laughs> so, you know, there were so many times in the gym that I wanted to quit, but a lot of us associate the gym with how we physically look. Physical fitness, you know, that that's a result. Um, the the muscularity and, you know, you becoming a certain shape that you've envisioned is a result. Right. But if that's the thought process, that's very external, whereas you have to develop a deep understanding of what it is that you want to do. Right. So once I realized in fitness that, wow, me lifting these weights. Yeah. Eventually, you know, maybe my biceps will get a little bit bigger, but I'm really doing this to keep going. 
right? I, I needed to recover from a health condition. Um, so one of the biggest triggers to Crohn's disease was stress. I started reading and I also applied basketball. When I would play basketball, I would feel better. So when I started hitting the gym, I would feel better. So I realized that, okay, actual physical movement and me moving in the gym alleviated stress. So one thing was leading to another and it was very beneficial. But I feel like you have to gain some level of deep understanding because if not, and you're very superficial, like, hey, I just want to lift these weights so my biceps get bigger. Yes, eventually they'll get bigger, but there needs to be a bigger um, efficiency level to, I guess, what you're what you're actually doing. And for me, that shifted, you know, everything because now there's never a day in my life. I might not want to work out, you know, for a day. So that might be me pausing, but I understand the bigger value of what it does, not only for me, but now how I can show up for other people if I just apply myself in the gym. Yeah. Um, so that's the, that's the fitness stuff. But I, I think really giving up, though, is, is a personal decision of yourself. You know, it, it's not a bad thing to have said, listen, I've given up in the past. But when you identify your your lanes or your, your avenues that you want to go down in life, what are the things that you're going to personally say, listen, I know those external factors are going to make me want to quit. Mm -hmm. But when you're aware of those external factors and you're like, yeah, yeah, that's just a temporary circumstance. You never make the permanent solution to a temporary circumstance, right, by quitting. Um, and again, there's plenty of things that we've quit on in life. But when you identify the important things, that's when you got to keep going. Absolutely. I think it only becomes a problem when they're important stuff. Yes. A hundred percent. Do you find uh, power in the people who want you to quit? Oh, yes, absolutely. I think that's a big element I don't really think of because at the end of the day, I don't really care. Like if I <laughs> stop doing something, I honestly don't care about it. Yeah. I don't care what the perception is. Right. <laughs> yes. But if it's something I do care about and it would hurt me for people to be like, I knew he couldn't do it. 10% chow, whatever yeah, it was, yeah. that's when the thought of like, I really want to quit, but think about all the people that would be like, I was right. You yeah. made the wrong decision. That little sometimes is what you need to get like dark, be like fuck those people. And then you get back. Like, I think there needs to be a healthy bit of anger yo, in a pursuit. I'm laughing. I'm laughing right now because in the book, Never Finished. Is that what he talks about? Yo, David Goggins. I mean, this is next level. Am I stuff, David right? Goggins' son? So he said. He says most people in <laughs> at, almost fell most chair. people at his stature, right? Yeah, and not physical stature, but just where he's at from a um, public standpoint, right? He's very public. He said, you know, most people they screen their Instagram when they see a negative comment, they have someone delete it. Like, you know, they have an intern that comes in, deletes all the comments, doesn't talk about it, right? David Goggins said, I read every single one of my comments, and then also what I what I do I should comment. is I record, I make a recording of exactly what that person said, right? And he said, unbeknownst to them. What I do every single morning is I turn that motherfucker into a mixtape and I blast it into my ears and then I go on a hundred mile run. That's different. So I like it. I, it. But it's crazy. So this dude literally records his negative comments, turns it into a mixtape over a beat and then just starts running to it. That's crazy. It's true though. Like <laughs> the, Michael, Michael Goggins, talk to us please. Michael Goggins. <laughs> so there's so many times where like I put a lot out in public, as you know. And I failed a lot of things. In I make the mistake sometimes of giving too much credence to the timeline mm -hmm. because, like, if I gave myself the timeline of certain things, like tell Mike say I would never do because I said it two years ago, yep. and I never did it, and then Paused. I finally did it. Right? No, I just wouldn't. I wasn't able to do it, but I didn't give up on it because right. I'm like, I know it's right. I yeah. know it's the right thing. Not another real estate show. Completely failed my first attempt. I was doing selfie videos all day, every day, <laughs> uploading clips. 
And then I had a meeting with Chris, and we both were like, it's not it. Not it. And I wanted to be like, F it. I don't need to do this. But I'm like, I know it's the right move. Like, let's let's just figure out a different way to do it. And in my head, I was like, you know how many people don't want me to, like, keep up the pace I'm at? Because the kids. Because everyone's like, you can't keep doing it. Because they didn't. Correct. Well, not only that, I just think people get uneasy with you going and pursuing stuff. With high productivity people. Yeah, even high pro- – but just, like, the fact of the not caring and just going after stuff. Yes. Like, I think a lot of people – and it's not – I don't think the life's for everyone. Mm-hmm. I, ta- I had an honest conversation with Dana, and – I said to him, like, you think, like, I like the way I am, but it's a burden. Like, to not be able to relax is not fun. Do you do you ever feel that? Absolutely. Um, but I also think that you're touching on something that is very important. And I believe to not quit, though, you have to develop grit. Grit's right? a good word. Now, grit, though, is not a personality trait. Grit is a lifestyle. I think stubbornness is somewhat a personality trait and i think some of us like you're yes dave you're very stubborn yes 100 percent. i'm pretty stubborn when it's certain things yes cv i'm not saying it you could say it (laughs) what very stubborn (laughs) yes but so which is nice good grit but grit is different and it's a lifestyle because it's knowing that (laughs) even in the darkest of times you know that that fire that's burning inside you is going to outlast whatever darkness is going on right now, right? And it's not until you go through some sort of, you know, trauma, some sort of, uh, you know, the loss of a job, the the breakup, the whatever it is in your life that's going on, it's gritty people that are able to look past that and keep going. And I think it's one of the most important traits, uh, sorry, the important lifestyle, it's a lifestyle trait, right? It's not just a personality thing. It's not something that's temporary. You're a very gritty dude. And that's why I think you're able, <laughs> you're looking at me all funny. Thank but you. I think you're a gritty dude because you're you're like, yeah, you know what? Even in the shit, I'm still going to, you know, I'm still going to move forward. I know it might not be my best product, but you know what? I'm putting it out. Yeah. Um, and I think that is a, a, a huge difference maker for people who end up, you know, giving up versus not. Um. So one thing that you talk about David Goggins, he has like his mottos that he screams all the time. Yeah. I've found lately that I'm leaning more on that and like the anger side because it's been so hard where it's I, I call it getting the fuck it in your system. Like, fuck it. Like, I'm just going to do it. And yeah. whatever happens, happens. I think that like release of the pressure of the anxiety of the outcome and that just F it. We'll see what happens. But yeah. it's going to be if I'm going down in a plane, I'm going to be pouring a drink like I'm going to do it the right way. So that's kind of where I did a turn of like I was letting the anxiety and like the worry of failing catch up, which I never really care about. And then I realized that and now it's become like going to shock the world. Like there's I don't know if it's a boxing movie, but like he basically keeps saying we're going to shock the world. We're going to shock the world. Is that Rocky Balboa? I don't know what it is. Come on, Dave. But it's a motto that I've said in the past where I don't know where it comes from. But the thought of like doing stuff that people don't think you can do is probably the most satisfying thing in the world. Yes. For me. I, do you feel that way? Yes, absolutely. When people are like, you can't do that, you can't. And then you go do it and they're like, I can't believe you guys did that. Yeah. So I agree to a certain extent, but I wouldn't say that it's the most gratifying in the world. Oh, I, love I think for, so for me, my most gratifying moments are looking back at things that I that I personally wanted to stop. But kept going on gotcha. like I wanted to, you know, the, the current job that I'm in, I remember being like, yo, 
you're good. Like you're still the assistant commissioner. Like no one's like you don't have to go anywhere. Don't like force yourself out of this. Yeah. Right. But then I was like, nah, f that. Got yeah. a little gritty. Yeah. Kept going. Kept going. Kept going. I mean, a year later, but ended up you know getting that that job um but it's moments like that that i look back and that's the most gratifying thing for me is my own doubt that i was able to prove wrong have you ever been to a point in your life where you're like maybe i won't pursue this stuff as hard and i'll just kind of be like like content with kind of being status quo because i had that i had i had an honest personal conversation with myself coming out of college and like starting real estate and i thought to myself i'm like it would be a lot easier if I didn't really have these aspirations, yep. both on my personal mental, yep. on my family's mental. And I remember for like a day being like, yeah, I'll, tr- you know, I'm just going to kind of be happy and like not try to pursue things. And I remember saying F that and being like, I'm going to go, go for it. Cause I would be mad at myself if I looked back and be like, you, you packed it in. Even if I was happy, mm-hmm. even if I was content, we had a great. Li- if I didn't do what I wanted to do and really didn't give it a swing, didn't even get up to bat, I would not be able to look myself in the, the mirror and be happy for anyone. So I remember having that convo, almost doing it, and then regretting it immediately and being like, "F that." And that's why I think I doubled down now. That's good. Is because I was close to just giving in because I I had some successes but never really broke the ice. Mm-hmm. And then I was so discouraged by like, because when you work so hard and you don't get the results and the people around you, and it's not a jealousy thing, it's a logical thing. People around you do better and you're like, I know I'm working seven days a week and this person is packing it in and living a very comfortable lifestyle. Am I the sucker? You you know, you have those mm-hmm. thoughts mm-hmm. and multiple times I have to tell myself, no, it's the game's not over. The game's not over. We're not we're not comparing ourselves to other people, but I do sometimes check in and I'm like, I'm not jealous of you, but like maybe I'm the asshole that I'm working this hard and not making a lot of money. You know? Mm-hmm. Like when everyone was working from home all of COVID and I was out showing properties seven days a week, run like a maniac, and people were working from home collecting a check. I was like, maybe I'm an asshole. <laughs> do you ever think that? Yeah. Yeah. That's a hard thought that I've yeah. had to struggle with. I've gotten over it. But sometimes when you're not doing well, that thought creeps in and I'm like, damn, yeah. maybe I maybe it was all wrong. Maybe I just should have been like very corporate and not left. And that's when the productivity pivot. Boom. That's when you got to double down and be like, it is. you know, F it. You're not right. Like you, I'm wrong. You got to go show mm-hmm. why you did this. Like prove yourself right is right. kind of the thought. Right. Um. No. Beautiful. Well said. And I think also that being said, I'm quitting. I'm quitting. Yeah, I'm done. Um, I, I think, you know, ironically, I think success is temporary as well. I think we can't 100%. the same way that we can't dwell in failure. I think we can't get caught up and dwell in success. Your boy too. McGregor. Isn't that his quote? What does he say? He said, uh, you definitely can't sleep on a loss. But if you sleep on a win, you're going to wake up with a loss. It, it's Something so true like because, you know, any any level of success that you reach, you know, even for for me, if you told me. The same dude that was caddying on a golf course, working for $12 an hour, trying to afford a $1,200 apartment with all uh, hand-me-down furniture. Has a mink? Has a mink coat. <laughs> the rolly on the wrist. <laughs> uh, no, but seriously, you know, from a from a serious standpoint, Sorry. you know, two, I, I had two to. Inve- no, I get you. But two, two invest, and this is not a brag, but if you really told me 10 years ago that my life would look like this right now, beautiful daughter, beautiful house. 
I can travel when I want to, right? I have an investment property. Like I have so much more to go. Beautiful co-host. But if but if you were if you were to really tell me that, I'd be like, yeah, I'm good. I'm super content. Yeah. But the reality is, even at that level, we always want more. You know? So now it's like making sure that you don't get caught up the same way you wouldn't get caught up in the failure don't get caught up in the success yeah and i th- i think it's not a, only for more it's just like i like to pursue things like that's mm-hmm. an activity i enjoy mm-hmm. um it does create more stress in our life but like wh- what's the point of like going through this whole thing if you're not pursuing stuff and like right. enjoying some type of journey 100 you know like why not i mean you don't have to like if you have a very thing that you enjoy like do what you enjoy it just so happens for me i like business i like real estate i like trying to build like something like this my personal approach to life is like i want to experience it all and to experience it all you have to be successful and you have to have bigger calves i was just gonna say so you were uh, thank god you mentioned this when if if and when i pass away i might tell them do open casket face down calves, calves up, up. <laughs> that's amazing and then people can kiss my ass on the way out <laughs> <laughs> that, that's very good no. um no that's beautiful so listen my, my coffee my coffee is cold i know we're coming up on time so uh this will bring oh, us geez. to my favorite section dave's dime of the week michael <laughs> dimes 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 sorry i i thought it was claudio calling me again that's like um, legit you know when they do that and they're like yeah, yeah do it again yeah you have a button <laughs> Uh, no, so this one, um, it comes with a, a... You still got dimes? It comes you know how many dimes you've it given? It comes with a little story, too. But this one is very short. This one, Michael... Michael, Michael grab your can, popcorn. Michael, Here we go. <laughs> grab your popcorn. Get get ready. Sit back. Enjoy this story here. No, this if is you're not, not lifting... <laughs> if, you, if, you don't, if you're not lifting three plus, you can't hang with us. That, that's right, baby. I like three, that. Three plus. I know. I see you. I see you. 305 times three. Michael... Michael uh, can understand this one because three, three. It's, it's very simple. So he's not going to get tongue-tied and confused over Let's here. See. All right? Let me write it. goes like this. Enthusiasm. <laughs> Enthusiasm? That's not it. That's not it. That's not it. Oh, wow. Leave that in. Do you Enthusi- have a horn to hit? <laughs> That's not like, it. <laughs> it's like spelling bee. Okay, good. Enthusiasm. I'm laughing so that much right now. <laughs> oh, man. You delivered it with confidence. CB, I know. Please leave that in, too. <laughs> All right. No, serious. Enthusiasm. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. I give it. That's a that. dime. <laughs> That's a Davism right there if I've ever heard one. You know, I try to convince people that I say shit right and I say it completely wrong. Dude. That's because I'm stubborn. I love listen. catching you with those. <laughs> like, especially good. in public. Mike said, that's not it. That's not <laughs> it. That's not it. <laughs> we'll, it's we, just going back to relinquish. <laughs> oh. This shit, we'll have conversations with people and no one catches it. And yeah. I'm like, did you hear what he fucking said? <laughs> because you say it with such enthusiasm <laughs> that people think it's like <laughs> real. Wait, no. did, did, uh, did that whole uh, relinquish thing um, go out? Did yeah. anyone come? Yes. Well, first yeah, what of did they say? Well, Yo, people correct? were posting. So people pose. Um, like just them in the gym relinquishing control but, but the, the, it was just very funny yeah it was very funny so do we get an accurate um it's relinquish no it is not that's not it what it's is it? Re- are you serious i don't i don't relinquish myself in english quish. Quish. no it's not quish relinquish quish. relinquish no it's not relinquish you might be right relinquish i don't know anyway let me give you this time seriously all right, all right. people <clears> text me where's my dad i know i know i know he's coming Enthusiasm is common. Endurance is rare. I remember walking into, and this is something I quit too, ironically, karate. <laughs> right? <laughs> Thank God. I walked into karate and I ended up quitting. But I remember the sensei, Us, saying, a black belt 
is only a white belt that never gave up. Dude. Which is serious because I think you go, what do you go? White, yellow, oh, here we go. Orange. No, I'm serious. But like you go white, yellow, orange, but I remember like getting to purple. like purple or green and Red. then like, you know, I ended up quitting. But what, anyway, how far did you get? It's uh no, it's green. No. White, yellow, orange, purple, blue, green, maybe. That's how far you Some, got? Yeah. I was, wow. I, I was how old were you? Um old like twelve. Oh yeah, that's bullshit. Yeah, you were no, no, you I was pretty good though. Ass. No, 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 I was pretty good though. But anyway, you know, it, it's a very uh, my sense. It, it really rings. It rings true now. You know, especially uh, just look looking back in life. You know, it, it's only the people who have the ability to really keep going that are successful. Like what you were saying, last. and it's very simple. Sometimes you're the only one left. Right. Dude, that is so. You, you now, this is if we can't leave you with anything. I was at multiple companies. I swear to God, and everyone left. I was the only one left. So they were like, all right, we have a lead. Who we give it to? Mike. Only guy sitting there, right? <laughs> They're like, I guess Mike gets it. There you go. So sometimes the advantage is just being the only one left. Just be there. Just show up. Just show up. Right? Yes. Has there been things in your life where like it's just because you're around? 100%. Absolutely. A lot of times. Uh, I'm trying to think. I Well, honestly, I got my car. I mean, I got my Jeep Wrangler because I was the only dude left in the dealership. Like yeah. the, the owner, I literally, <laughs> I, him a deal. I negotiated with this dude and then I ordered lunch on his tab. I ordered dinner on his tab as well. And then like, I wouldn't leave. Yeah. And I remember Karina at the time being like, yo, like this is we crazy. Gotta go. You got to get out of there. Yeah. I'm like, no, I'm yeah. not leaving until yep. I get the deal. I'm they not told leaving. me over the phone. So yes, like absolutely. It. So stay in the game. Um, Stop being soft. Don't talk to your inner B. Don't yeah. swear. But that's a Goggins quote. And listen, my neck is looking a little thick. <laughs> I can get back on. Uh, listen, don't, don't quit like, uh, like us, you know, I'm not the karate expert that I should have been, but, uh, hopefully be. that enthusiasm is, enthusiasm <laughs> is, uh, leaves you with something good. So, uh, guys, we thank you very much. And until next time, stop snoozing, start quitting, <laughs> get up and get after enthusiasm. It. enthusiasm, enthusiasm, that's the title of this episode. That's another Epi in the books. Go follow us on Instagram and Facebook at No Snooze Podcast. Subscribe to our YouTube channel, No Snooze.